0: This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. If you could do me a quick favor, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and subscribe to it. That really helps us out when we're trying to grow this group of people that really wants to understand what drives them and what drives other people. And if you have any questions for me, you can always feel free to reach out to me by visiting CrucialTalks.com or through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, email, whatever works for you. I am here for you. So the Crucial Talks podcast, as most of you already know, it's about people, and it's about how we self-transform, how we make decisions, how we become better versions of ourselves, and the fact that we are all social storytellers and that we tell each other stories, we tell ourselves stories, and those stories help us to create reality and construct how we see the world around us. Now, today's episode is kind of going to go in this direction because today's guest is Sean Romero. Now, Sean is a leadership development coach, a leadership trainer, a motivational speaker, and a mentor. But his journey to get where he is today proves the fact that that people can self-transform. They can tell themselves the right stories and see the world around them in a way that allows them to succeed, that allows them to transform, that allows them to become better versions of themselves. So today, I really think it's going to be a great episode with Sean Romero. So how are you doing today, Sean?
1: I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No, I think it's going to be a a pretty beneficial episode. And we have people from all different industries listening to this podcast, safety, leadership, communication specialists, workers that work in the field, executives that work in the the C-suite. We have all different types of people that listen to the podcast because they're really interested in what drives them and what drives other people. And a lot of the benefits to this podcast are the journeys people have taken to get where they are today. So before we start, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, Well, you know, I started out, I'm a uh, Air Force veteran of 17 and a half years. Uh, For 14 years, I was a crew chief. I was main mechanic on the F-16 Fighting Falcon. And then for three years, I was a flight engineer on the KC-10 Extender Air fueling Tanker with six hundred and thirty flight hours to my credit. Uh, I'm also a private pilot. I'm also a, uh, I have my life insurance license and I'm I'm joined with uh, Primerica. And I'm also a um, John Maxwell certified coach and mentor speaker with that program. And you know all this stuff has culminated to you know all the years of my experience and my years experience growing up in New York City you know as you know in the inner city kid and you know dad's just you know hustling bustling working nine to five you know driving the bus you know and kind of living the honeymooner lifestyle if you will you know mom's a housewife dad's a bus driver that sort of stuff and you know I just kind of saw life in a different perspective especially when I was in the military and you know after dealing. Several deployments and, and you know, after 9 11, things of that nature, I just wanted to be able to give back and be able to teach other people on how to really pick themselves up. And uh, you know, this past year has been a pretty tumultuous one where my life has completely transformed. I went from being you know, the crew chief, you know, the, the guy that everyone was dependent on, to having to be leaving the military, to literally a week later, signing my divorce papers and becoming a single dad of four. So, my complete life just turned upside down and upside down and inside out on its head, whatever you want to call it. And I really had to completely retransform myself and reinvent myself basically and to go headlong into showing people that you know no matter what happens, you have you can embrace the uncertainty of life's events and you can still come out on top. And as matter, as long as you're embracing that uncertainty, that change and not fearing it, you can truly change your life and make it to what you want it to be and what God intended it for you to be.
0: Well, and I think you, you have a pretty interesting story, but what I find interesting is that all this happened pretty recently and it happened pretty quickly. And I love your focus on embracing the uncertainty of life's events because really what it comes down to in a lot of our organizations, so many things we do nowadays are really complex and that complexity, the activities we do, they ultimately come with a certain amount of uncertainty, which leads to risk, which leads to our ability to deal with that risk or tolerate that risk. So embracing these changes, I mean, you went through a lot of changes this last year. You've had to transform. How did you, how did you deal with that? I mean, a lot of people face with these types of changes. It, it really is tough for them it's tough for them to deal with it. So how did you, how did you deal with it? And how do you tell people or how do you help people understand uncertainty and how to deal with uncertainty?
1: You know, it, it it was, it did happen pretty, you know, lightning quick. And what I did was basically, um, first of all, I I, I recreated my foundation because my foundation was the stability of having that you know, full-time job in the military to going and trying to make ends meet on my own and not having to rely on that steady paycheck. And then also having to deal with the the different dynamic that was caused by the divorce. Now I'm the single dad, you know, now I have the kids full-time on me and I have to, and my kids range from 13 years down to three years. So I, I the dynamics, they're having to, you know, deal with that. What I did was, you know, I, I focused a lot on my faith and I, I relied heavily on my faith and I leaned, leaned on my faith in, in, in Christ. But then what I did was I, I also shifted and I relied on what I learned in the military. And we, we learned a concept called the OODA loop. It stands for Observe, Orient, Decide and Act. And it was created, uh, the theory was created by Colonel John Boyd back in the 50s. And this is how we train our fighter pilots how to think. And basically it teaches us to embrace the uncertainty, to the embrace the, the, the fear, and to think two steps ahead so that we're, we're always thinking two steps ahead of what can possibly happen. And once that, you know, basically Murphy shows up in Murphy's Law, uh, you're already ready. You're ready to, you're, to pivot to whichever direction you need to go. So that way it takes away that anxiety Um, It could take away that frustration, that anger, that all comes from that uncertainty because that's, that's what really uncertainty causes, you know, on an everyday basis. If you think about it, you know, at any moment in time, our life can be completely transformed. Everything from losing a job to losing a loved one to uh, going into possible financial ruin by, you know, maybe getting to a car accident, you know, going through your normal road routine. But this, the OODA loop embraces all that. It, so you can go through the beginning stages of having that emotional phase because we're all we're emotional creatures and we're going to have that emotion. But this helps control that emotion, focus that emotion, and then gets you into a focused state of mind so that way you can actually make great decisions, sound decisions, you know, and, and impactful decisions. So that way you can go ahead and keep moving forward and not having to worry about or second guessing what you're going through.
0: Well, and I think this it really sounds a lot like what I tell people in organizations and what I tell people in complex industries like mining or petroleum, uh, gas petroleum industry, people like that is really the fact that we cannot plan for everything that's going to happen and that there's always going to be mistakes made. We're human beings, humans are fallible. People will make mistakes. That's really the only certainty as if things are going to happen to people and in human-based systems things are going to happen. So right, you're helping people apply the OODA loop to to their lives and to organizations. So how do people actually do this? I mean, how does it become part of what you do not only so you can deal with these big things in life, but that you're also able to deal with the maybe the day to day, the the things that come up either on the in the workplace or in your your private life or in your community. How do you get people to understand, or how can people understand the OODA loop, and how do they how can they apply it to be beneficial to them?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll break it down. I'll go through each step and and understanding that you know, we really do it already subconsciously, and we just don't even realize it. But once it's brought to that forefront, we're actually becoming more conscious of the loop, we'll understand it more and things become a lot easier. So we'll start in the beginning. So you're in the observation phase, this is your information gathering phase. So you know, let's say your everyday life, you know, you get up in the morning, you know, your, you know, lights are off and stuff like that, you, you kind of get that fog out of your, you know, your sleepiness, and then you kind of Observe where you're at in the morning, what you have to do, what you have to set up, and then you orient yourself in that best possible position, that best possible posture. So you're like, okay, I got to go take a shower. I got to go do this. I got to get ready. I got to get the kids ready. You know, you orient yourself in the best possible way to get yourself, so you you observe all the information, you take in all the information, what's going on, the weather, what have you, and then you orient yourself to the best possible way, what's going to be the most efficient way to get you done, and if you can do this before this, or, you know, and you set those steps, you set those standard of steps, and then what you're going to do is you're going to decide, you go through that orientation, and then you decide, you decide on what the best course of action, what you're going to do, and then you act on that. And then once you act on that decision, you go back into the loop and to understand, you observe what just happened, how everything occurred, and what went wrong, what went right, what you can do better, what you what you don't need. So that way you can weed out all that information again. And it's a constant loop, a constant loop. But the most important phase of that is the orientation phase. Because we can take in all the information, just like you said earlier, we're living in a time where we have so much information at our fingertips. So much information at our fingertips, and it becomes... Overwhelming at times, and then you could just become so overwhelmed you just don't know what direction to go to or what's the best possible option. So, once you observe all that information, you orient yourself by weeding out all that information. That's your filters area, and that's the most important aspect of the loop. That is the most critical aspect of the loop because if you're not orienting yourself in the best possible direction, the best possible choice, are you setting yourself up for? or three or four specific choices that you need to fall back on, you're going to get distracted. And that's when, you know, procrastination falls and comes into play. That's when, you know, frustration comes in. That's opens up the door for the anxiety because then you're just not sure. You're just not, you don't have that stable footing. So you can't make a sound decision and you can't close that loop. But once you kind of start getting yourself oriented, sometimes people just kind of, you know, get lost and distracted. And then it takes them a lot longer. It takes them longer to close that loop, to start it over again, to start refining everything throughout the day. And as you close the loop and you continue to go through the loop several times, you're going to refine everything. And it starts getting finer and finer. And just like they said, you know, with every business person you know you have your niche and you know the only person that should be fitting in that niche is you so that way you know what what you're speaking about what you're talking about what you're teaching and the OODA loop tends to do that and the OODA loop will get you in that area to guide you into whatever it is that you're doing so in business you know, if you have a big function, you have a big decision to make in a business and you're taking in all that, you know, you have different customers, what the best customers to go with, you're going to take in all that information about them. And then you're going to orient yourself to the best possible direction that your business, you want your business to take, You have your vision, You have that to go in there and do that. So you, you, you turn that around, you, you, you get all that information, you lock it in, you orient yourself, and then you decide on that and then you act on it. And then once you, acted on it. You go back out and you understand what went wrong. You debrief yourself, how you did it, how you, what went right. And then, you know, and again, you can do this on every day. And once you start getting used to it and start doing this on a daily basis and you start understanding on a daily basis, you can, you'll become faster at it. You'll understand it more. You'll, you'll become more proficient at it and it becomes like second nature.
0: Well, and it sounds like the OODA loop can be used not only in your, you know, the day-to-day life or the tactical type situations where even in a workplace, uh, maybe at a construction site, you're using this as you're doing a task, but it can also, it also seems to be used in a broader sense. It seems like it may actually be applicable to maybe even strategic planning or Absolutely. to- Absolutely maybe even budget planning. It seems like it can only, it can be at the micro level, but it can also be used at a macro level.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and and that's the way it was designed. Colonel Colonel Boyd really, he looked at it that way in that design. So, you know, as a fighter pilot, you know, we, uh, the fighter pilots always train, you know, where they're going to go up against uh, double the amount of aircraft that they're going into. So if it's going to be a, a 2v4 fight, a two versus four fight, you know, so that way they're always on top of, they're always thinking about what's going to happen. You know, how do we exit the fight if we have to get to it? Or how do we enter the fight once we, you know, determine who our enemy is and things that things of that nature. And, you know, perfect example, when in 1991 in Desert Storm, before, while the planning was going on, they actually, the ground planners, the Army and Marine Corps ground planners, General Schwarzkopf actually called Colonel Boyd to see what, the ground plan was and to see what his insights were. And he actually came up with that left hook theory to go ahead and have the army go out west of, you know, in Iraq to come back in and cut off the Iraqis that are in Kuwait that would help expedite the ground war, which ended up the ground war ended up only in like 96 hours or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, to, to end the war that quickly. So you can use it on a big strategic plan and then, as it's happening on the tactical level you can use it again there as things are happening so quickly you absorb the information because you know perfect example in in, during 9-11 our pilots you know we're getting misinformation and even us ground crew we're getting the misinformation of what was happening when nobody knew what was going on there were holes in that information and by using that OODA loop you can fill those holes by taking all that misinformation and then you get into the orientation phase and you weed all that stuff out. So you take what you know to formulate the best plan that you need so that way you can go and act on it. And then again, going back into the loop, once you get all the new information, once you're on site, now you can make a better on site decision on a tactical level. But on a strategic level, on a grander scale, you've already got that. And then on the tactical level, you can always start filling in those holes as on a strategic level.
0: Well, and so earlier you you mentioned that human beings we are emotional creatures. Uh, I agree with you a hundred percent that our decision making is really it really emotionally driven, and it's not data driven it's not really driven by by reason, so much as it is emotion. So knowing that decisions are made in the emotional parts of the brain, how does the OODA loop help a human being? make those decisions and make sense of either that emotion or make sense of what is happening around them so that their emotions are impacted in an appropriate way to help them make the right decision?
1: You know, so in the observation phase, you know, that's when your emotions are on high because that's when the beginning stages of any kind of event. And, you know, I, I used to tell, my crew chiefs, and I used to tell my trainees this, that when you're emotional, you come in, you know, especially when they come back from school, they're emotional, they're, they're fired up, but it, we have to try and take that emotion and harness it and contain it to use it as a fuel. Because if you take gas and you just throw it all over the place and you light a match, it's just going to burn and whatever it's burning, is just going to be charred and destroyed. But if you take that same fuel and you put it in a container and you put it in a tank, It's going to fuel that vehicle to where it needs to be and you can use it at your disposal and you can use it however which way you need to and it's going to be on a positive level. So what you do is this can take away that anxiety, that, that, that emotion, and it puts it in a container and it contains it. So that way you can figure out and you can filter out all the unnecessary nonsense that's that goes on, especially like, you know, if it's a traumatic event, let's say, for instance, I'll take my personal experience, you know, with the divorce and stuff. So, you know, I was, you know, now I'm a single dad, I'm by myself. I'm thinking like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? What, what happened? Why did this happen? What how, You know, what are my, my kids are going to think, you know, and I'm a failure. And I went through all those self doubts, all the self negativity, all that stuff. And what I did was I contained everything. And I took the truth and I understood the truth and I, and whatever I did right, whatever I did wrong, I filtered it all out because I oriented myself into the direction where I wanted to go. Cause I sat there and I said, okay, I took all this information. Here's my new information. I'm single. I'm, you know, I'm divorced. I'm still having to deal with being a co-parent. I'm having to, you know, deal with everyday basis on how I'm going to raise my kids. And, and now how am I going to raise my kids you know, the best possible way, the foundation I'm going to set for them and all that stuff just culminated and it just becomes overwhelming again, because we're in that society where information is at our fingertips and it just becomes overwhelming. So when you get into the orientation phase, you filter all that stuff out, you take all that stuff and you, you just filter out the nonsense, you filter out the negative statements, the, the, the depression and, and all that anxiety that came with that emotion because you've bottled that emotion you've you've contained that emotion and now you're going to use that emotion to create a passion and that's exactly what I did because I knew that my story had to be told I knew that there's so many men out there who suffer from this anxiety who suffer from the frustration who suffer from you know the separation from their families and their children and things like that or if they lose their jobs how they're going to support their families and, and what you know how do they recreate themselves and and be a part of society again as the way they feel they are as men as we are because we're the fixtures we're the ones that want to you know get stuff done we're, we're the conquerors and things like that so you know with the OODA loop you take that or that's why I said the orientation phase is so critical because that's where everything filters out and that's where you can get a clear mind you get a clear picture of what you want to do and what you need to do in order for you to make that best possible decision to act on it. And then once you act on it again, you close the loop, and you go back to that observation phase. You say, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Where do I need to go here? What do I need to do there? And so that way, and then you go back into that orientation phase that, where you, you're you being more critical of what you did. And you, you expand on the ones that you did right, and then you learn from the, the experiences that you did wrong. And that's really the way you're going to take it away from it on a daily basis. And, and, and you take away that anxiety and you relieve that depression because what that really is anxiety and depression, that's just you looking down. And, and, and again, it, a lot of it is, is chemical. A lot of it is clinical where, you know, in your head, but a lot of it can be alleviated. And I'm, I'm, I'm the walking truth to that. You know, I was, you know, my doctors put me on certain meds and things like that. And I had to stop them because it just, you know, it, it, some of it just didn't work. But what I did was I used the OODA loop to get me out of it naturally and to focus my mind because everything 90% mental, 10% physical. I truly do believe that. And you, to be able to do that, you use this as that tool to get you out of that mindset to get you out of that funk, to get that negativity, to get those negative doubts, to get those the, the negative people that are speaking in your head. Because I had to I had so many negative people speaking in my head. I had so many people, you know, looking at me and and telling you know, destroying my reputation and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm still standing. My reputation is not only intact, but it's been furthered and it's been you know reinsulated and. And I've moved on and now I'm in a better place. I'm way better than I am where I was last year and through all of that. But it was also through my thinking and how I was using my thinking to get myself out of that. And I use the OODA loop on a daily basis to get me to that.
0: Well, and I think you hit on a couple of points there that I want to talk about. So you use the the OODA loop in your life and you used it to filter out some of the negativity, some of the things you didn't need that wouldn't help you make a good decision. You even mentioned people being negative, people saying bad things, people uh, not, not being a positive influence on you. But I'd like to kind of flip that on its head a little bit. So considering the OODA loop and using it to make decisions, now where does your your tribe, for lack of a better term, where does your tribe fit into this? The people you trust, the relationships you value, the people that actually influence you in your lives, where do they fit within the OODA loop and where can you where can you use them, whether it's in your family, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a community or whether it's in your workplace, because I know you worked as a crew chief, you worked as a team of people to make sure an aircraft was up flying safe. Where do other people, the people you trust, where do they fit into all of this?
1: You know, I, they fit right in the entire loop right? because even as, as the leader, you know, if, if I had a team of guys and I'm working on my aircraft or if I'm running, you know, the shift as a shift lead for as a ship supervisor that day, you know, I've got my one or two trusted people that I know that are going to be able to be, you know, go out there and make the right decisions. So they fit right in the entire loop. So they're the ones that are going to give you the best information when you're in the observation phase. So you say, okay, you know, you know, on a daily basis as a crew chief, we'd go up, we'd see which aircraft we're flying. And then we'd say, okay, so what aircraft is good? What aircraft is bad? What aircraft we need maintenance on? Who do we have today? Who can do this? Who can do that? you know, where the parts apply. And then you'll have your one or two guys that are going to be able to give you that information or are going to find that information. And then you can orient yourself in that best possible way to once you get that information. And then as you're orienting yourself, you can delegate yourself and you could delegate the jobs to those different people so that way they understand your vision. Because as a leader, you're in the, in the Oodaloo phase, in the observation phase, you are now giving out your vision. You're so you're sharing your vision with everyone else, but as they're because they're having to observe you, they're in their own loop, so they're observing you on what you're sharing. And as you're sharing that, you have to have that information to f- help them. And they're going to filter out their own information. So when I send out a crew chief to go, you know, inspect their airplane, they're going to observe the airplane on a tactical level. They're going to see what's wrong because we're going to get. Uh, you know, a turnover from the crew before, but we haven't been on the ground. We don't have the intel right then and there, the actual fight and flight intel. So they're going to get that intel as they go out because they're going to be things that are missed. And and that happens in everywhere, everything in life. You're going to have information that's being missed or that's not being reported. So once they get out there, they can give me a better evaluation on what the aircraft is on, on the aircraft status. And then I can make better decisions on how to implement the tools at my disposal, so the different types of specialists, the other leaders that I need to go and help out to get these the mission off the ground and to get them going. And so as that leader, you're you're showing your vision through that observation phase. And then you're going to show them, you know, where they need to be. You're pointing them in the right direction through their orientation phase. You're gonna say, okay, here's your here's your assignment, here's your assignment, here's your assignment. So in the beginning, the observer, you, you observe, you say, okay guys, Observation, big picture. We have, you know, a six ship formation going out today for a mission. Okay, and then you go to the orientation phase. You say, you know, Airman so and so, you got this aircraft. Airman so so, you got this aircraft. You got this aircraft. You got this aircraft, and so on and so forth. And then you delegate your jobs that way. That's you orientating your team, and then you're deciding what time. They're going to go out there and what time they have to get done and what time they have to report back to you. And then you say, okay, go out and do it. And then they go out and do it and they act on that. And then the loop starts all over again because once they get out there and they get that tactical information on the ground, they give you that feedback. Then you can reorient stuff because if they go out there and they say, hey, I just discovered a leak on this aircraft. And we've got a, a broken line that's going to take a couple of hours to get fixed, so it's not going to make the, the mission. So we have to reorient ourselves to get another spare aircraft up and running to go. That way, it can take the place of that one aircraft that just went down. So then you're going to decide on the best possible action on who you have. If you have, short, if you're short manned, who you're going to jump into? What are they going to do? Uh, who, who? And then you're going to act on that decision. And that's the same thing on everyday life. You know, so in your everyday life, if you're going through something that's so traumatic, like a divorce, you know, you're going to rely on, like, I know I relied on heavily on my faith. I relied on the people in my church. You know, I relied on, on certain uh, really good friends that were always there for me. So they can give me that information because I was in such a deep depression that I had, no matter how much they would give me all the great information, I had to learn how to believe that. So that's when I, in my personal orientation phase, I was filtering out all that negativity. And then getting reinforced with that positivity. Because just like when you contain that fuel to put in your fuel tank in your car, you need to refuel, you need to refuel the machine, you need to refuel, you know, the vehicle so that way it can continue to go. So... That's where you have your friends, that's where your family, that's where your advisors come in and they're in that orientation phase and then the observation phase and they'll filter in with your orientation phase to get that best information because at the end of the day, it's still on you to make the best decision possible, whether it's for your business or your life or on an everyday choice, whether it's mundane choice of making a left to avoid a detour, or you're just going to sit in traffic, and you just got to kind of deal with it and pick the best music to enjoy it, to pass the time with. It's all still your decision, and you're going to act on that. So that's how everything fits into everyday life.
0: Well, and I think it's a pretty good place to leave off because the information you've given us like seems like it could apply to our day to day lives. It also seems like it can apply to our workplaces. And it can apply to, you know, the organizations we lead or where we're at with that. So if people want more information from you, if they want to get more information about you, where can they get more information about what you're doing, about your speaking, about your coaching, about the work you're doing with John Maxwell, where can they get more information about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at faithfully led at uh, faithfully underscore L E D. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook on faithfully led. Sean S E A N. And also you can find me on uh, my podcast that I have, my faithfully led podcast that had toast on anchor. And also if you want to email me directly, uh, you can email me directly at Sean S E A N at faithfully led.com. And i very quickly. So. You know, if you want to know more about what I can offer, what I can do, and even on a group coaching level, masterminds, uh, all that stuff is available. And if you want to learn more about that, you just go ahead and email me directly or on my Facebook or Instagram, just direct message me there.
0: Sounds great. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Sean. I mean, you, you've gone through a lot this year and it seems like uh, you've taken that and filtered through it and are using it for some really good stuff to help other people. So I really want to thank you for coming on the Crucial Talks podcast.
1: Oh thank you Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity, man. I really do, man. Thank you very much. God bless you, man.
0: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Hey, and everybody out there, if you get a chance, I'd love for you to visit with me at crucialtalks.com and connect with me on email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever's easiest for you. And also, I'm just going to ask you for a quick favor. If you could please review, rate and share the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated so that you could help other people find these great interviews just like the one we have with Sean. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.
1: Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit crucialtalks.com.